I'm gonna call him. Oh my god, I'm fucking doing it, boys! <laughs> All right, I'm calling him. Everyone, no, don't don't say anything. I've got a boner though. I know. I feel that. Well, I don't feel your boner. I just feel that sentiment. Mm-hmm. Okay, you want to kick off the intro this week for us, Andrew? Sure. Uh, welcome everyone to the official podcast, everyone's favorite podcast about stupid shit and fun stupid shit. We are joined today by the normal cast of the four boys and then mega big comedy celebrity. You might recognize him because he's a man who wears glasses sometimes. Mr. David Cross. Mr. David Cross. Take that's, off my glasses? That's it. That's all he's known for. That's <laughs> Please take off your glasses. Exactly. Please take off your glasses to listen to this episode out of respect for Mr. Cross out there. So, uh, David, if we could, you want to just jump right into questions, we got a, uh, we got some good things to talk about if that's all right, or if you want to go ahead. All right. So, uh, <laughs> Jesus. What's, the, what's the alternative? I don't know. Yeah. We could, well, we, I'm saying we could also just hang Sit out. in silence. Yeah. We can yeah, hang out, be friends. Andrew's a bit starstruck. He's, he's fucking fiddling with his dick right now and fumbling his words. Yeah. Why don't you, uh, why don't you guys turn this into kind of a, uh, you know, a meditative 45 minutes or so and just keep it quiet. Okay. Don't let a lot of words get in the way, you know? ASMR. Right. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's just talking low, uh, low level. I'm talking about just not. I think he's just telling us to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> you blew it already, Andrew. <laughs> We're ruining his nap time. Um, I'll tell you what you guys are going to get to be a part of though because of the scheduling and um, everything that's going on is I am I've got no choice but I'm going to have to walk my dog I just need to walk so we're going to we're going to do this it's going to be great though Uh, this will be the first podcast in human history where one of the participants has been walking uh, a domesticated animal and uh and let's just do it and uh, and see what happens. See where uh, her name is Ollie, so you'll hear me say that a couple times if she's eating something she shouldn't or whatnot. But uh, so that so for your listeners, Ollie is my dog. Um, and uh, well, let's take it from there. Are, are, like are we okay with this, boys? I mean, this is a bold move in podcasting history. It's a milestone, honestly. This is pioneering. We're breaking new I, ground. And it, it's going to, I think it's going to bring the four of you guys together. <laughs> are you all experience. in the same room? Are you all, are you all together right now? Or? We are across the globe. I'm from Australia. Kai is in Germany and the two other boys are over with you in America. So it's a international thing. Um, Kaya, I don't know how you feel about uh, Germany's uh, shocking loss to South Korea. Um, I feel. Do you have a dog in that fight? <laughs> no, I don't. Fuck Germany. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ollie, you want to uh, want to go for a walk? Well, if you're ready now, Andrew, if you've if you yeah. compose yourself to get a question oh, out, I mean, I'm just I'm sweating bullets here. Uh, so, David, a, a big question that I personally want to ask you: I was a big fan of uh, Todd Margaret, and season three. Okay, thank you. Yeah, season three was a bit of a departure from the first two, obviously. And I read into that there were uh, shooting difficulties and it was kind of, you know, partially because of demand from the fans and this and that. I wanted to know, were you happy with how season three turned out? Kind of the whole end result of it? Did it really fit what you thought would be a worthwhile addition to the story? Um, Yeah, I was. I, uh, I, the only thing that I'm, the things that I'm disappointed in are things that, hopefully nobody knows what the alternatives could have been. You know what I mean? It was one of those things where, uh, like we could have done this, but then this actor wasn't available and we could have done this, but then the location fell through. And, and I, I still think it's, I still think it's really cool. It's a, it's an interesting, uh, you know, experiment as it were, because the, the, uh, um, the story was over. Like we, as far as we were concerned, that was it. And mm-hmm. then, uh, it gained all this kind of cult sort of uh, viewership once it went on to Netflix, and then IFC got in touch with me years later. You know, I was like, so you want to do another one? And, and I was pretty adamant that we couldn't. There's no way. And then mm-hmm. one of the writers uh, came up with 
the idea, which I really love. And I think we did a, a pretty good job considering the, the circumstances. Um, and it was really fun. It was, it was maybe the most fun to shoot, even though there were kind of uh, tons of frustrating things that happened, certainly more than the first two series. But, um, but it was fun for me to play. It was really fun for me to kind of write that uh, acerbic, smart-ass, kind of douchebag guy who turns <laughs> into this fumbling idiot uh, and doesn't understand what's happening. And, and then the we played around with the ending, too, where as it was written, we were, and we had a lot of time for it, the end was, was literally going to be 90 seconds of the show, the, the original, like how it all goes back, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I'm giving stuff away, but at this point, you know, who's, <laughs> <laughs> at this point, most people have either chosen not to watch it or, uh, or yeah. watch it. But, um, but yeah, that where, where it kind of ends with him, with the phone, with him waking up, we were going to just extend it for 90 seconds, just have the whole thing start playing out and then just slowly imperceptibly start fading it down the the, the you know blacking it out mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. over 90 seconds so you couldn't even tell first and and then uh i just thought there was so much sadness in the the way it ended it was really kind of sad bittersweet <laughs> almost yeah so we yeah but uh but i yes i am happy with it i am uh um uh i thought it was it was it was cool on its own, but uh, at some point, I you know years and years and years down the line, I'd like to see what it looks like by playing every episode back to back, you know, and how much how what that third season feels like coming right on the heels of you know yeah. the original yeah. first two seasons. Like what 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 would that what would what that would feel like? just marathoning it in one sitting instead of kind of waiting for that return. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe one sitting is asking a bit much. Um, <laughs> let's do two. We'll have a, we'll have a 45 <laughs> minute break, get some, get some to eat, you know? Yeah. Um, there'll be follow up literature. Yeah. You know, people smoke, um, <laughs> and, uh, and they come back. Yeah. <laughs> Great. So, David, cr- jumping, jumping off that, uh, little, that little topic, I've got a question for you. What has uh, what's been your favorite project to work on so far? Out of anything that you've done in your long illustrious career, what has been your favorite project besides this? Um, I very recently, <laughs> uh, very recently, did a podcast called the Official Podcast. What? <laughs> I David. was not expecting much at all, and um, not this, not you guys is a different one, oh, and. Oh, yeah. uh, um, mm-hmm. And it was edifying. I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about us so much. Um, and you got to walk your dog. And and I got to walk my dog. She's no longer with us. But uh, <laughs> um, okay, okay. Hey, you want to go for a walk? Seriously, we need to do that. Okay, because I, Ollie, come on. Sorry. I think I don't know. That that's a that's a tough one. I mean, there's. As far as an indiv- I, I, I don't have a. I mean, there, there. I have favorites for different reasons. Like I have some things that I did that are the most fun I ever had, and some things that I did that are like, holy shit! I'm so honored and flattered I got to be a part of that. And then other things where you know they're they're kind of um, not milestones, but things like that was the first big budget film I ever did, and that was cool to be treated like that. And that was the first. Uh, you know, time I did this, and I got, you know, there are those elements to it, to uh, to that answer. Um, uh, I I guess that's my long-winded way of saying I don't really have a favorite. I have so many that are so interesting, cool, or, or favorited for different reasons. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think I think that's completely fair given how many projects you've worked on. So. I don't know where that question was really going anywhere. <laughs> well, don't worry. I'll, I'll follow up off that question. I'm here to save the question. Yeah. So out of, it, all of the, out of all the projects you've done, is there any like really embarrassing or shocking thing that happened on set? Like, for example, we had Noah Monk come on the podcast, and he mentioned a story where a stunt double damn near exploded doing a stunt. Do you have any stories in that same vein, maybe? 
Um, I almost uh, exploded a stunt double, uh, but that was intentionally. Um, I thought he was a terrorist. I he just had the he had that vibe. So I was trying to, you know. Uh, well, wouldn't that be giving him what he wants then? <laughs> David's a friendly man. Yeah, he was doing it out of uh, out of the kindness of his heart. No, I guess the most embarrassing thing was one time uh, I shit my pants. Um, I had to, I was on set, and I uh, I desperately had to go to the bathroom. So, but we were in the middle of the scene, and uh, and I just went, and I uh, went in the corner, um, kind of where uh, our department was, and I took my pants off and, and shit on them and I <laughs> and I did it where everybody could see so that they could learn a lesson from oh yes yes of course inability to be prepared set an example you dominance yeah I, I mean I did it in between takes it wasn't you know I didn't trying to be a pro about it <laughs> what what uh what project was that was it maybe like an easter egg in the movie where the camera's rolling is there like some unreleased footage of you shitting on your pair of pants um, it's called Easter Egg the Movie, and uh, it's a about a two hundred million dollar blockbuster uh, type of film um, uh, about movie Easter eggs. So, so this is gonna turn into some Me Too moments in the future. A bunch of cameramen and interns saying they really didn't want to see you shit yourself. Has anyone here heard of Blue Apron? Because Blue Apron is the most delicious way to get food delivered straight to your door. You can use blueapron.com slash official right now to get your first three meals from Blue Apron delivered absolutely free to your door. It's so easy to get food these days. Blue Apron will just send you food as long as you're a fan of us. That's, that's what they're here for. So Blue Apron, if you don't know much about Blue Apron, basically what I said, they just deliver food to your door and then you cook it. It's a, it's a great... It's a great fun time cooking Blue Apron food. So Blue Apron food is relatable and real, delicious, lighthearted, and affordable. They offer 12 new recipes each week, so customers pick two or three recipes based on what they want, and then Blue Apron sends it straight to to your door, and you get to prepare it, maybe with some loved ones, maybe by yourself, who knows? You're never really truly alone as long as you've got Blue Apron on your dinner table. That's what my father used to always tell me before before bed, and I wholeheartedly agree. He also told me that July 2018's recipes for Blue Apron include honey chipotle glazed chicken with poblano and lime rice, chipotle lime chicken fajitas with sautéed mushrooms and sweet peppers, sweet chili beef and vegetable stir-fry with garlic rice, barbecue vegetable flatbread with Swiss cheese. A lot of delicious, uh, delicious meals that you can cook and prepare on your own with Blue Apron's home-delivered meal kits, so... Remember, go to blueapron.com slash official. That's blueapron.com slash official to get your first three meals free. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. So uh, speaking of Easter eggs in movies, that's a uh, good leeway into our next question. I uh, read about how you turned down being a uh, little cameo Easter egg in Avengers Infinity War because you were uh, directing... Turn it down? I, I I mean... It's not like I, I said I refuse. I couldn't do it. I couldn't mm-hmm, do it right. if I wanted to, and I would have been happy to do it. Poor choice of words on my part. Yeah. Uh, but but it, turning it down makes it sound like I said, no, uh, I would never do that. All right. Well, that that destroys the question then. My question was going to be if retroactively somehow you could have found time in your schedule or maybe <laughs> taken off from that project. But I, yeah, that's probably not the David Cross method here. Uh, no, I, I would have happily done it. I like those guys a lot, you know, and uh, it's it's a cool idea. And um, I just couldn't technically, I could not, you know, leave London. Mm, right. Okay. Let me ask a similar question. Then, what's the worst thing you ever turned down? Uh, you mean like the dumbest movie or something? Yeah, yeah. Anything that came across your table that you were absolutely insulted by, that somebody even thought you would do it. Oh my goodness. Um. Well, I got it. I gotta thank him, and uh, and right on time, I dog uh, stopped to take a big old dump. <laughs> Show your dominance. Pull down your pants again. Yeah, don't let her outdo you. Yeah, um, I I have to take my pants off so she can sit on them. <laughs> um, 
Uh, I gotta, I gotta think about that. Um, has there been that many? Has there been a lot of projects come across you that you've just spat on, basically? No, not that many. No, uh, I mean, I would imagine it was. I'm just, I'm just. I don't think I'm necessarily spacing on a bunch that are really obvious. I, I know there must be a handful. I just haven't uh, thought about it in a while. Um, uh, I, you know what? Let me get back to you on that. I didn't mean to stump you. Ooh. Get back to us on that, so you'll be on a future episode of the podcast. Then <laughs> that's confirmation. <laughs> All right, we got it. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll email the answer. <laughs> Anything but sure. coming back on. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel the same way. So then we 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 uh, can kind of branch off of another question we talked about earlier. If it's a really difficult task of surmising what your favorite project is, do you have a favorite character that you've played? Out of all the shows that you've been on, um, I, I the, the ones that stand out are, um, you know, Tobias is, is fun to do, and that's a fun set, mm-hmm. fun group of folks, and fun writing. Um, mm-hmm. It was also very fun to uh, play somebody as dumb and inappropriate as Todd Margaret. That was really fun. I mean, I think it's just the dumbest guy on the planet, uh, mm-hmm. and again, really fun cast to work with. Um, but I think the most fun to do that I just fall into so easily uh, and could just, you know, riff for an hour if I wanted to is uh, Ronnie Dobbs. That's probably the one that, you know, uh, the, the easiest, most fun and kind of closest to, to, to just, you know, that's where I grew up and it just comes naturally and easily and is fun to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Charlie, do you want to, uh, do you want to crack open the, the Hail Mary? Do you think it's time? No, but I think it is time that we get to our staple. So, Mr. Cross, one of the staples that the official podcast has become known for is asking the real hard-hitting questions, the biggest of which being, do you have any interesting masturbatory tales, any interesting experiences you've had while masturbating, or maybe a shameful act, anything in that department? Um, I remember when I was, uh, gosh, I would have been, how old are you in ninth grade? What is that? 15? At least 12. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah, that. starting oh, yeah. teenager. Oh, easily. Yeah. No, no, more than 12. Yeah, I was going to say 14. I mean, I could totally figure it out, but um, I remember fucking a refrigerator, <laughs> as, as it were, uh, being in um, uh, Phoenix, Arizona, uh, staying with my dad in this like weird kind of, it was a motel that they turned into an apartment. And, um, um, and, uh, and I just sort of, you know, fucking the fridge as it were. Not like opening it, fucking it inside, but like against the fridge. Okay? Oh, so were you just like rubbing up against the cold exterior? Oh, did you have one yeah, of those yeah, 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 exactly. fridges that vibrates a lot? <laughs> oh, uh, that would have been... That would have been like a reason to do it. That would have been, you know, a mitigating factor. You go, oh, I could understand that. Now this is just fucking the fridge. I would like to, uh, I'd like to try to introduce that into the uh, uh, the lexicon. Um, fucking the fridge, dude. I was totally fucking the fridge. Man, it, you fucked the fridge on that one. Did it work? <laughs> yeah. What was the result? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's lost to time. <laughs> Blacked out. It just it just seems like if you're just rubbing on the side of the fridge though, any like solid surface will do. It could have been any innocent appliance. Oh yeah. I'm not saying it was like this genius thing that I discovered. It was just <laughs> you know, uh a, whatever is fourth grade uh, I'm sorry, a fourteen year old or whatever it is. It was, it was in between eighth and ninth grade, so whatever that summer was. You know, uh uh just going you know, really it was necessity is the mother of invention, right? Mm-hmm. I could totally get it though. Aren't, aren't the exteriors of fridges like super cold? It would have felt nice in that Arizona summer, right? I thought that was the reason behind it. The but maybe you're just super horny. Yeah. No, I wasn't trying to. I wasn't trying to pull my dick off or anything. It was. Uh, it was just. I. I. I think we're probably overanalyzing it. I mean, if you remember <laughs> what a uh, thirteen, fourteen-year-old boy is like. Uh, probably don't have to go too much in depth into it. 
yeah. I mean, I we probably all have those things from when we were that age that we just pumped oh, no, or no. masturbated with for pretty much I, no, no reason. I, I, I just well, I don't. I don't want to hear about it. I'm not interested in hearing. It. So you would not like to buy a cum-covered poster for fifty thousand dollars? <laughs> because that was our pitch today to you. Uh, yeah, no, save that. Save that one for yeah. Someone else. <laughs> well, unfortunately, with anyone else. Unfortunately, with David's statement, I got to cross the next eight questions off the list. But uh, I think I got a good one here. Uh, so, David, out of all the entertainment variety that you do, like stand-up, TV shows, movies, voice acting, everything. Where do you think you feel the no, the most natural? Oh, probably stand up. Um, That's where you got your start, right? That was kind of your origin story. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I, that's the first kind of performance that I'm still doing that I did. I was I was uh, I was right before my 18th birthday. I, uh, so basically, 18 started and just. Um, Slowly but surely did it over the years, and then uh, it took me a while, but I found my voice, and um, and it's 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 something I can do. I don't need anybody else to do it. I don't need anybody to write a script or try to get financing together, or you know, find an air date or you know, a place to air it. Uh, I just go and I do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do Do you miss those days starting out as a fresh startup? Uh, stand-up comedian, like maybe a bit more unknown than you are now. Do you miss that? Um, only in the sense that I could uh, kind of trick the audience, uh, which I used to do a lot. <laughs> like you kind of go up as as like a different type of character or a different type of comic, you know, with an accent or uh, mm-hmm. just you know a malady or whatever the thing was, and then kind of you know start kind of folding into this other thing that that was more like myself, but. Um, so I'm not able to do, I'm not able to do something that's fake and then make, make a turn in the show, which is always fun to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People kind of expect, you know, David Cross. There's not, yeah. 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 Well, well, they David, just know you... if I come out there, I can't, I can't do a, uh, you know, uh, in, in a perfect world, I could open for myself as like a fake comic, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Hiring is challenging, but there's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. A place where growing businesses connect to qualified candidates. That place is ZipRecruiter.com slash official. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. So as applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. That's super quick. You'll, you'll be able to find someone to do your job so quick. It's, it'll be amazing. It's like no downtime, basically. It's just click you've pretty much got someone working for you. That's how easy it is with ZipRecruiter. With results like that, it's no wonder that ZipRecruiter is the highest rated hiring site in America. That's true. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ziprecruiter.com slash official. That's ziprecruiter.com slash O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L. ziprecruiter.com slash official. That's ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Well, David, have you heard the magnum opus of a joke? Oh, boy. <laughs> Our friend Charlie, he, he, he's trying to break into comedy, and he's written a joke mm-hmm. that he'd like to tell you. Okay. Well, I, I know you're out walking your dog, but if you can find a bench, I'd highly recommend you sit down, because this one's a real humdinger. It's what, I, what is widely considered the apotheosis of comedy. I'm going to say right now, you can't steal it for your future stand-ups. It's my golden goose. And it's a true story, which makes it even better. It happened about a year and a half ago now, and it was in a small city called Orlando in Florida. I was hanging out with my girlfriend. We had just finished the nice night around the town, and we were driving back down this road called I-4. It's a really shitty highway in this area, but it connects Orlando to my hometown, which is Tampa. So we have to drive this road. It's a shitty road. I don't like it. But one thing I noticed while driving this road that night is there was this sign for an innocent restaurant called Boardwalk Burgers. Nothing too out of the ordinary about the restaurant, just your standard, wholesome family burger joint. You have some homeless people slapping the patties on the foreman's. Just a good time, probably good food. I've never eaten there. But I saw that sign, 
And David, I swear to God, with my razor sharp wood, I looked at that sign and I said, Boardwalk Burgers, more like Board Burgers, because those burgers aren't having any fun. Did, did he hang up? Yeah, I, think, I mean, that's the beauty of a podcast is you can cut all this out. <laughs> you know? See, that's I the funny thing. No one ever has, to, ever has to hear that. So, you know, you can start fresh, go punch it up, figure out what you did wrong, what where you went wrong in life, and then, you know, and, and readdress it and try so, again. So in a nutshell. not talk to my friend like that. <laughs> So, so it is amazing. In a nutshell, you're saying I should open my stand-up routine with that joke instead of close. Uh, I'd say open and close. Ooh, okay. a double <laughs> Do a feature. In one show. A double whammy. Callback. Subverting Oops. expectations. They think I'm not going to tell it again, and then bang, it's there again. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> That's the whole show. So, uh, David, besides the popularity of the Boardwalk Burgers joke, permeating the entire media. What is the broadest change you've seen to comedy over the years? Uh, I mean, just how, how many uh, formats there are, how many places like you, there's, when I was coming up, there were, there weren't that many avenues to get your standup out there. And now, I mean, Jesus Christ, you can get four good guys from across the globe, throw a mic on, call it a podcast, and, uh, you know, tell the world's worst joke for five minutes. You know what I mean? So that's, that's a big difference right there. I'd like to go on record and say I'm no longer going to pursue stand-up comedy. Thank you, David. Well, that wasn't stand-up comedy, but okay. <laughs> so you're saying really the advent of the internet and the digital comedy age is the biggest sweeping change you've seen. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, all kidding aside, it's, it's, it's not even remotely like what, uh, what was there when I was coming up. And when I was coming up, that was exponentially, you know, 10 times more stuff than all the generation before me who really mm. just had, you know, a handful of late night shows. And eh, that was about it. Maybe one of those, like, uh, what were those things called? Uh, what were they called? Like Music Express or, you know, those, you know, Don Kirshner's rock concert and things like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Those, those are the only times you saw a comic. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then when I was coming up, there were way more venues, and now it's like 400 times as much. I mean, look at what, look, look at what Netflix is doing, you know? Right. There's a, there's a channel called Comedy Central. It's a cable show for comedy. Mm-hmm. That wasn't around. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's definitely exploded quite a bit. Well, that's yeah, it. The internet <laughs> removed a lot of the gatekeeping. Yeah, I'd exactly. Say. I mean, yeah. as you said, for us douchebags are never going to be on Comedy Central, but we have our own channel. We can spread our own stuff. Yeah, it's sadly it's much easier to find an audience now and get those numbers. Charlie, were you going to say something? I was just going to follow it up is do you view it as a positive thing? Cause a lot of the comics that come out these days are real stinkers. Like a lot of them like back. Maybe yeah, but that was always ago. the case. I mean, water, you know, the, the cream rises to the top as it were. Uh, and, um, you know, there's, it, it's, it's got positives and negatives, but they, they just remain the same positives <laughs> and negatives. They're just more amplified now. Mm-hmm. So much of it. Right, yeah, I feel that. So, are you going to do more with the the advent of the internet, as it were? Do you have any interests online that you'd like to get into? Maybe take your show online for a uh, your your own podcast in the future, or something like that. No, not I. I I probably will kind of stick to where what I've been doing. Uh, that's not to say I wouldn't. I just don't think that way. My brain doesn't think that way. Uh, um, I just. I like storytelling, whether it's through stand-up or a sketch or a movie or a TV <clears> series. I mean, I'm 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 more about story. That's what I uh, gravitate towards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. <clears throat> Who, in your opinion, tells the best stories? Uh, we'll stick with the realm of comics. Which uh, comic do you think tells the best stories for his routines, apart from yourself? Well, I like uh, I like Mike Birbiglia's storytelling uh and uh daniel kitson is an amazing storyteller um 
and you know, you can tell a story in a 20 second joke too. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not simply like one day farmer Brown did the, you know, it's, it's, you can tell stories in different ways, but uh, those two, especially um, I, I've been hearing very recently from, uh, I've been hearing a lot about a woman named Hannah Gadsby who has a show called The Net that's on Netflix that I've had, oh man, just in the last three days, like half a dozen people going, you know, texting or emailing, going, you got to check this out. Um, So I'm looking forward to seeing that. Uh, I hope that's good. Meets the hype. Yeah, I mean, those are some good examples. I I was a big fan of Joe Frank, who recently passed away, but his work was uh, exemplary, you know, his, his, Mm -hmm. he did audio stuff and uh, um, oh and there's a guy named Mark Forward who's a Canadian comic because he tells it's not like he sits and crafts the story but his his uh, uh, some of his bits have these journeys to them these real travels that you know it, it starts one way and it just goes on this long travel and ends up being really cool and takes you to these different places uh, uh so those are some good examples, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, those are perfect examples. So what's no, on... We... Go ahead, Charlie. I was just going to say, now, before we get off of that, let's go in the opposite direction. <laughs> which, which, in, Who, in your opinion, is one of the worst comics that has achieved popularity as a result of this lack of gatekeeping? That is exactly what I was going to ask, so I'm glad that we were synchronized in this. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, gosh, let me think. I mean, there's... I. I... I would think it would be somebody in the realm of kind of the YouTube uh, <laughs> uh, thing, uh, like. But I don't know who, I don't know who considers themselves stand-ups. But there's that guy, Logan Paul, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking yeah. about, All right? So, uh, yeah, so yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. That guy. There's 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 a bunch of those like you know doing silly vines or whatever, uh, and you know they're massively popular. I mean, uh, granted it's it's for children or grown-up children, yeah, but, um, you know, I don't know. There, I, I, let me think of somebody who's a stand-up who... Yeah, choosing choosing YouTube douchebags is cheating. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's really it's really not, though, because they do call themselves stand-up comedians all the time. Yeah, like a... I, I would have brought it up if they if they didn't consider themselves stand-up, or, or certainly even if they didn't consider themselves stand-up, if somebody said they were a stand-up, they'd go, yeah, that's me, that's what I'm doing, you know? Um, right, right. That's fair, that's but fair. But as far as, like, I, I, I just don't, I, you know, nobody nobody that I can think of, and I certainly wouldn't be shy in saying it, but uh, nobody I can think of, I, I've watched recently and I've gone, boy, they suck. I mean, there's <laughs> a lot of really good comics out there, and I've been able to work with a bunch of them, especially getting ready for this tour I'm on. Um, when I was doing shows, get you know, had had special guests on the bill, and just saw so many great, you know, younger, up and coming comics. Really good, um, yeah. but nobody, yeah, nobody jumps out at me as being somebody that you know, I particularly went, ugh, terrible, you know. Do, yeah, do you watch yeah, a lot? I'll tell you of- what, there there's some of those, um, some of those uh, right wing comics I've seen, and, and it's it's, you know, I haven't seen them in clubs, so it's not. You know, I'm judging them based on a clip, uh, which isn't, you know, the, the the best way to judge somebody, you know, like a YouTube clip of a five-minute set at, you know, hilarities or something like that. Um, but I've certainly done enough of those so that I can sort of see it through a filter of, of understanding what it feels like from the other end. But um, some of those... Uh, some of those right wing guys are fucking hilarious, like so bad. There's just no jokes. They're just not good writers. And and what's funny is subjective and always will be. And I, you know, I, I it's really wrong to just go. That's not funny. Uh, but there's nothing clever or I mean nothing. I've seen some of these things. They're just obvious. You know just dumb they're dumb and obvious and and uh so is it is it more audience pandering than joke telling you think well it's both i mean it is it is joke telling they're just shitty jokes Uh, nothing um you know interesting or 
clever or uh, coming a mile away. And sometimes it's just like um, their version of like that dumbass uh, um, boardwalk burgers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a good joke, but they ruin it. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. 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 David, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. 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 This episode of the official podcast is sponsored by Brooklinen. Brooklinen make the best bed sheets and comforters in the world. I can honestly say that. Jackson Clark can honestly say that because I do have Brooklinen sheets and they're the most comfortable sheets to sleep in. These sheets were made by a husband and wife team, Vicky and Rich Fullop. They had one goal, make super affordable and super comfortable bed sheets. And by God, did they ever succeed at that. No unnecessary markups and fees. Most bedding in the world is like marked up as much as like 300%, I think. If you go to like a big retail store, it's usually marked up as much as that. Brooklyn is not though. They're also the fastest growing bedding brand in the world, over 20,000 five-star reviews. So you can sleep comfortably knowing that you made the right choice by getting Brooklyn. So if you want super comfortable bed sheets, you can head on over to brooklinen.com and use promo code OFFICIAL to get $20 off and free shipping. That's $20 off and free shipping when you use promo code OFFICIAL. Brooklyn is so confident that they offer a risk-free 60-night satisfaction guarantee and a lifetime warranty on all of their sheets and comforters. So the only way to get $20 off and free shipping is to use promo code OFFICIAL at brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. Promo code OFFICIAL. So David, with the advent of the internet, it's... Obviously, the gatekeeping has stopped somewhat and people, you know, it's so much easier for people to be exposed if they do something wrong. Do you think that put maybe a curb on all the plagiarism and comedy? Because I know that's a big social faux pas in the comedy circles is stealing jokes. And I, yeah. Yeah, I never thought I about like that, but I uh, was certainly, certainly could have. Yeah, because I feel like if I was a up and coming comedian, I would be much more careful about stealing jokes today than I would have been twenty years ago. Because with the internet now, it's much easier to get caught. I feel like. Yeah, I uh, I agree, and uh, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that, but um, yeah, sure. What we're saying, David, is if we catch you in a set using the Boardwalk Burgers <laughs> joke, we are going to rain fucking hellfire on you. Okay, you got receipts, is what the kids say. <laughs> yeah, yes, that's too. what the Logan Pauls say. Yeah. You, you could become the next Logan Paul, man. You, yeah. you already know all the lingo. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> well, I have a 16-month-old baby, so I get a lot of pick a lot from her. They're her friends. That's <laughs> his audience right there. Yeah, yeah, really. You've got it. Yeah, it's probably her first words. So, um... David, what would you give out as advice to people who are in that that struggling group where they either think they're funny or they're trying to be funny, but they're just not hitting it? Their timing's not there. Their jokes suck. What would you say to that group to really bring up their comedy game? Get an eight ball, think about it, you know, go home and uh, and just really think about what you're doing. (laughs) There's no easy cure. Yeah. Oh, I didn't, I didn't say it was a cure. I don't, I don't know that anything good will come of it. <laughs> it's the only thing you can really do. Yeah, that's what you yeah. would t- That's just how you would get them away from you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, speaking on that, that, that brings me to a question. Have you had any really creepy fan experiences where you just couldn't wait to get away from the person? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Hang on. He's trying to find one right now. <laughs> He's shooing a fan away right now. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. My dog. My dog's very old and arthritic, so I've got a couple of hairs here. Here you go. You got it. They're all. They're all. Um, yeah, I mean nothing. Nothing that's a great story, or uh, but but you know, and uh, and you know, I've probably been that person too before, uh, and, and unaware of it. But you know, certainly, it usually has something to do with drinking or somebody's just really doesn't have that um you know sense of space that's always bad mm-hmm. or just cannot read signals and mm-hmm. uh uh but again i'm sure i've been that guy uh you know before as well nothing noteworthy like yeah. i haven't come up to you with like cow's blood or something like i did this for you david or anything just alarming no i mean uh, the uh 
the occasional tattoo is like, oh, wow, look at that. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, I wouldn't say that it's, um, you know, nobody, nobody that fits that kind of criminal stalker uh, stuff. Nothing to alert the authorities over. No. Do you uh do you ever get tired well, I mean, of uh, you know people my fans are for the most part pretty cool and uh and understanding and pretty chill you know I'm does, not too... does the uh does the script ever kind of flip on that where like even if they're nice or polite you have those days where you're like just leave me the fuck alone or you really just are tired of it Oh sure yeah yeah I mean it, it can it really is based on two things you know one is their approach and personality and one is, you know, my where I am right at that certain point in time. I mean, sometimes sometimes you just uh, you know, you've just gotten some bad news or you're dealing with like I was, um, my mom got very sick very suddenly and roughly six weeks ago and I had to, I was upstairs on the computer and my wife was talking to my sister and she came up and I, we knew that my mom had gotten ill overnight uh didn't know what the severity was going to be and then you know we've been in touch all morning and stuff and then my wife came up was on the phone with my sister which i knew and i'm sitting there on the on the computer and she's like you need to go to atlanta uh you need to go right now i was like okay and i i knew it was like oh my mom's gonna die and i have to go say goodbye and i was it was a really surreal thing that i will never forget just that feeling that lasted for a while where I was like, okay, um, all right, I'm on, uh, okay, there's a flight from LaGuardia on Delta that's at uh, the first, first flight is 3.30. Okay, I can get a seat there, and uh, okay, let me go pack a bag. Let me go run up and uh, um, do that, and I'm going to head to the airport, and, you know, it was just crazy in the whole travel, and then, you know, I was in the airport, uh dealing with this stuff and people uh, again nice you know or, or I, I, maybe not nice but certainly not dicks about it you know we're like uh just can we get a selfie can you know we loved you in uh you know this thing or whatever and uh and i just uh, you know i i'm felt trapped and i could it was just a weird yeah. it was a long you know uh um is, it, it, so that's that's an extreme example, but that's an example right. of like you just don't know what I'm dealing with right now. And sometimes it's merely it's I'm just you know in a bad mood, or I haven't slept well, or I'm, I'm yeah. gassy, whatever the thing is, you know. But um, uh, so it's it's really going to be one of two things: it's their approach, or mm-hmm. you know, what, where, where gonna, where's my head right then? It's got to be something you wish people like understood more that you're just a person and you deal with the same emotions that they do on a daily basis and the same events that they struggle with. For the, for the most part, mm-hmm. people are understanding. I mean, it, it's, mm. I, I, you know, I'm not like, I'm not one of those people where, uh, I think people are going to go, you wouldn't give me a picture. You're I'm your audience. You know, you're lucky, you know, we're, you exist for us. I don't have that kind of act or persona or any of that stuff. So uh, I think most most people, you know, nine ninety percent of them are. Mm-hmm. If I'm if I if they say can you take a picture and, and occasionally I'll say no because of various things. I'm either with my kid or a meeting or whatever the thing is. I'm on the phone. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nine out of ten of them are totally cool, uh, yeah. and you know, we have a pleasant exchange. Um, that hopefully they'll remember that they don't need a photograph to remind them or something. But um, uh, you know, it, it's 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 also you know part of the part of the territory. So yeah. So what would you the reward? So what would you say is the like recommended approach? Like if I'm Joe somebody and I spot Mister David Cross across the airport or something, what is the to you? the best way to, you know, grab your attention and say hello to something. I, the, I think the best, the, make sure that I'm not talking to somebody else, uh, you know, either on the phone or engaged in a conversation with somebody else, maybe kind of come to the, uh, you know, approach me periphery, you know, and, uh, um, 
and then say, uh, excuse me, that's all, uh, and I'm not joking, I'm not being funny, uh, to say, excuse me, get my attention, excuse me, and then you can use my name. Uh, and then from there, you know, just whatever the thing is, just don't, don't do the, don't go, hey, you're famous, right? <laughs> hey, come here. You're the stand-up comedian. Yeah, yeah. But you, you know, uh, I mean, that's that's one way that I'm not. I'm just not going to engage. Um, um, uh, or the or the when somebody clearly knows who you are, and they're like, "How do I know you?" And then you can. It, it's kind of a fun game. You can just say, "I don't know," and then they will walk you to the answer. Yeah. Well, I know you. I, why do you, why do you look familiar? I don't know. Are you an actor? Uh, sometimes. Are you on, you know, they literally tell you the, like, are you David Cross, the actor on this thing? <laughs> you don't just say that. <laughs> don't do that whole fucking it's like a game. five minutes yeah. of like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think you're very lucky to have that kind of uh, following then because a lot of, in this day and age, a lot of like famous people will have fans that feel like they're entitled to giving the, the person they idolize like a fucking hand job in public if they so choose. Like I, I brought up Noah Monk earlier, but his fans would oftentimes quote him like, yeah, Gibby, take your shirt off, which was one of his things he would say on iCarly. And I feel like that's just such a horrible thing or like they jump on him for a piggyback ride. So it's really nice to hear that you don't have that kind of a following or those kind of people that would do that thing to you where they come up to you. Oh, Mr. Cross, uh, I'm going to put my face in your in your junk here. Something like that. Yeah, I was I was never on iCarly. So. <laughs> so there's no there's no uh fans dumping blue paint on you or any of that no um <laughs> you know you get the reference of course uh but that's fine whatever right yeah as soon as it becomes physical though and they're jumping on you or slapping you around that's where that's probably where most people draw the line yeah exactly i, I would imagine yeah i did i did have a guy at the airport uh you know not too long ago uh i was in line and uh you know the, the those especially when you're getting ready to board and everybody's kind of gathers and it gets very congested and uh and i was just sort of in amongst a bunch of people and this guy who uh what made it even creepier was he was walked very quickly he was just going wherever he was going uh he was walking wasn't running just walking very quickly mm-hmm. and then as he kind of passed through uh you know, kind of a hole between myself and whoever's in front of me, uh, like smacked me on the shoulder. Like you got a kiddo, like, like one of those things uh, without saying anything and without even really looking. And then like gave me like a thumbs up and it was really jarring. Like, don't do that. Like, like not that it hurt, but like a hard kind of pat, you know, real double pat on the, on the back type thing. Like who the a complete stranger. Yeah, like, don't, like don't do that. Don't, that's not good. Don't do that. Don't do that, please. Little do you realize his son was standing next to you, and that's who he was actually going for. You know he's never washed that hand since. That yeah. hand has remained unwashed. So um, you, you're you probably a very busy guy with all your work schedules and stand-up and touring, of course, and all this and that. But uh, do you ever, you ever slam down some hobbies, maybe some games in your free time? Is there anything you're doing outside of the comedy TV circuit, all that? Yeah. I don't play as much as I used to, but I like playing video games, uh, mm-hmm. and that's probably it. I mean, I, I I don't go out as much as I used to. I don't uh, I don't do any of that stuff. I mean, I have a kid now too, so and my mm-hmm. wife is extremely busy. I mean, my wife make you know has three times as much going on as I do, so mm-hmm. uh, I'm you know helping out around the so- house uh, as well, but. Um, uh, I mean, yeah, kind of just really just reading uh, video games on the internet is probably the things that I do, you know, in my downtime. That's super interesting. I didn't take you for a video gamer or a video game player. What what games do you play? Um, I I just uh, I'm I'm still playing Destiny. I, I that's oh. a fun way to unwind. And uh, yeah, I have yeah. a friend on the West Coast that will get together and do raids and stuff and, and i can just mm. we can shoot the shit while we're talking which while yeah, we're yeah. playing which is kind of fun too i like that uh i mean i really dig that part of it um and i i like a good story as i said i played 
recently, um, Life is Strange, which I really enjoyed. Ooh. Oh. Ooh. That's one of our, uh, that's Kai's favorite game, probably. So yeah. You just tickled him. That or used to be. Boy, that last episode was, I'm trying to think of the right word for it. It was really, uh, like a, a it was good, but it was an unpleasant experience. When I'm, I don't want to give too much away, but when you keep waking up in that same place, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I'm yeah, talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and know it's just you, like, yeah. oh my God, enough. This poor girl. Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrible for her. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> this is awful. I want, I want this to stop, you know? Um, uh, but I, I enjoyed that. Uh, I played the South Park fractured butthole uh that was fun mm-hmm. um what else did i play i mean i not a ton of stuff but uh, uh uh i was really disappointed um by two bits of news one was that crackdown <clears throat> three is going to be uh delayed because i was really looking forward to that mm-hmm. uh I didn't like the second one, but the first one was just so much fucking fun. And yeah, and then agree. also, uh, I was really hoping Borderlands Three, which is probably my all-time favorite, uh, you know, series. Uh, series. Um, I, I'd say Bioshock and Borderlands. Borderlands are my favorite. You have good taste. Yeah, you have yeah. very. Are good you taste. are you speaking on uh, the original Bioshock or Bioshock Infinite? Um, you know what if. If the first two Bioshocks hadn't existed, I, I would have loved Infinite. Uh, and I probably was uh, lightly disappointed because mm-hmm. the bar was set so high. But that first one yeah. was probably the best. I, I don't even, I can't imagine having a better experience. Again, <laughs> I'm all about story. And that, I yeah, never yeah, saw yeah. that. We're in the uh, same boat for sure. Yeah. It was innovative. It, the, the storytelling yeah. in Bioshock has always been innovative. It's just. It's transcendent of the the form, really. Mm-hmm. It's like the pinnacle of storytelling in video yeah. games. And everything, everything about it was great. The sound design. I mean, every aspect. It was yeah. uh, just fantastic. I really, I really enjoyed it. And, and you know, there's other um, games that are kind of reminiscent, like Dishonored. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played Dishonored 2. And, and, and I like those, but you just feel like you're playing kind of a... a you know, a lesser version of Bioshock, you know? Yeah. yeah would no, you I say, totally uh, would you say that infinite kind of tried too hard? Cause like the, the biggest issue I had with it was Bioshock one had the amazing atmosphere and it guided you, but also gave you leeway and exploration. But infinite was just kind of like this movie that occasionally you'd be able to interact with, you know, it didn't feel like the same engrossing experience. Yeah. I, I hadn't thought about it that way, but that makes total sense. Uh, I, you know, I like how all of them just start in this space where you're like, what? What's going on? Oh, I got to figure this out. What does that mean? Uh, the girl, you know, gets the thing. And, and, all right. And uh, uh, I can see that. It's been a while since I played it, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, I definitely see that. Um, but also it was, you know, unfortunately, uh, just to kind of repeat what I said, if, if those other two hadn't existed, I would have loved it. But at that point, I had kind of gotten used to the style, and I got used to, like, I know this guy sounds like he's a really nice guy, but he's going to be a douche, you know? <laughs> and, uh, um, and, and it was it was still fun, and the, the mechanics were kind of similar, uh, and everything was sharp and, and clever, and, and uh, uh, but just, it was, it's not how I felt a little bit uh, uh, about Borderland prequel, which oh, yeah, uh, yeah, kind yeah, of farmed yeah. off to some to this like Australian company, and it really felt like somebody was subcontract. Like there was a really good writers' room, and they wrote the first two, and then they just sort of subcontracted out to a spinoff group. It was, you know, it was yeah, like, uh, yeah. It, it was like it was like it was the same type of jokes and type of characters, but just not funny, you know. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was like a pale, it was a pale imitation of what had come yeah. before, basically. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I feel that. Well, so I'm, I'm ho- I don't know we, anything about order. Yeah, go ahead. Before we move on, uh, I have to know: in Life is Strange, 
What choice did you make at the end? Did you save <laughs> Chloe or the town? <laughs> um, I saved the town. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> I saved the town and, uh, uh, oh, you're terrible. Here's what, here's what I was thinking. I, I don't think Max could live with herself if she saved Chloe. She's too bright. She's too self-aware. And, uh, I thought she made the difficult choice she had to make. Hmm. Well, I figured they were a cute couple. I'm not going to break this up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were. But, I mean, they just think of how, think of 15 years down the line, what would have happened with them. I mean, they would have been torn by guilt, you know? Hot lesbian sex. <laughs> That's what he was thinking Ty about. That's his own priorities. Years. He was playing a whole different game. <laughs> Did you think it was going to be like a cutscene <laughs> that you were rewarded with a cutscene of these two fucking or something? No, that's the Easter egg. Yeah, just works out. The the DLC. Yeah. I just couldn't care less about any of the people in the town. I know you're 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 not supposed to really, but um, I just thinking ahead thought she she just wants to be able to live with herself. Yeah, you you really got into character. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was just more on the the lust. Yeah, so you were... I got into character. I made the choice I would have made. I would have said, you know, fuck Turkey. I don't care if it goes up in flames. <laughs> I want my partner to live. It's a respectable choice. I I never finished the game, but I did play it. Mm -hmm. I never got to the point where I'd be saving a fucking town. It was just so wrenching at the end. That last uh, that last chapter was. When did you uh, start getting into games? Because it sounds like you've got a lot of love for more of the modern, more recent stuff. Is there anything you played maybe when you were younger or older that you really have a fondness to? No, I mean, I'm older, so I'm I'm total hop on the huffy and dry, get a uh, pocket four quarters and go to the art video arcade at the mall generation. That's what mm -hmm. I did when I was a kid. So my, you know, I was starting with, you know, Joust and Robotron and, you know, mm -hmm. um, uh, tech, you know, not Tetris, what's the one called with a spinning knob, whatever. <clears throat> um, uh, centipede? I was, I was that. No, not centipede. It, it, it's like a, oh, what's it called? It's my favorite one. It was like a, uh, it was these geometric patterns and these shapes would start coming up from the bottom and you'd have to spin this knob and shoot them. But if you if they got to the top of the whatever the pattern was, Pong? oh, it was it three D no. like you were looking into the middle and they'd yeah. come towards the outer rim yeah, of the screen. Yeah. Oh god, I know, I know what it is too, but I don't remember the name. He's oh, my man. favorite, uh, but I mean that was my that was one of my favorite. Anyway, that's 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 my generation, and so. Uh, but then once I got out of that, and I was in. You know, like my twenties, I just stopped playing. I was just going to doing doing you know going to see yeah. bands mm -hmm. and doing stand up and hanging out with those because we never played. I was never a, uh, I just skipped the whole thing of video games. And when I got back into it, that's when you're. I sort of got back into it when Nintendo sixty four and the original Xbox came out. Mm -hmm. Um, Halo is kind of what I got. Goldeneye, really. Goldeneye was really good choice. A very good choice. Oh baby, yeah. Well, yeah. Also, David, also were you uh, were you talking about Tempest? Tempest. That's hey, it. Tempest. You. Good game. Tempest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. nice. Yeah. David, how do you uh, feel about now that you have a child? How do you feel about introducing kids to technology? Because I'm a I'm an uncle. I have a two young nephews and sometimes their parents I feel like they go too overboard on the technology is evil mindset where they don't want their kids to ever just you know sit in front of the TV which is understandable but they you know no contact with computers and anything and I feel like in the long run that's going to leave them behind on something that's so integral to our daily lives at this point I mean I think about that a lot uh, uh, numerous times a day and so far, she's not kind of uh, engaging in that stuff. We don't. We watch cartoons on uh, Sunday. I, I will put cartoons on the TV, um, but we don't watch TV. Uh, occasionally, my father-in-law will be here, and he sits in front of the TV and watches 
uh, CNN or MSNBC all day and yelled at the TV. And, um, and so sometimes it's on, but outside of that, uh, it's never on when she's, when she's here. Um, and, uh, we're not there yet, but we're going to be pretty soon. And, uh, um, I, I'm very conscious of being on the phone when she, you know, looking at my phone when she's around, uh, I, I, I will probably err on the side that is, you know, I don't want any electronic, you know, social media around my kid, but I'll try to keep it in a realistic and tempered way. But I imagine if I was going to err on one side, it would be like keeping them away, keeping her away from mm-hmm. computers mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Because uh, uh, I don't think it a good thing. I think uh, I think it's done immeasurable harm, uh, and we'll continue to do so. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, it has mm-hmm. you know positive uses for sure, uh, but it's not not a good thing overall. Especially for a developing mind. Yeah. Well, that's that's exactly it too. It's like when she's uh, you know when she's ten. Yeah, then then she's developed these skills and and uh, but she doesn't know anything right now. She doesn't know of anything. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't know. She's only learning what normal is and what is expected. And I don't want her to think the things she sees on a computer and how it's used and and the internet and social media is normal because it's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't agree more. Yeah, right. To make to say, well, that's this thing over here. And that's separate, and we only use that in, on these occasions. But yeah. I don't want it to be like, yeah, you know, throw a iPad at her and go, "I'll get back to you in a couple hours. Play with that." I mean, you can uh, you can talk to people on social media and interact through the internet all you want, but there are just certain interactions that you can only get from being face to face. I really, I really do think like a. In today's society, it's kind of like a plague in a certain sense where a lot of parents, it's a lot easier to just give them that iPad and then go jerk off in the bathtub for three hours and just let your kid do whatever they want on that iPad. And then that leads to them becoming like this socially inept person as they continue to grow because they never had legitimate experiences in the real world. And it's not their fault. It falls on the parents. Yeah, I think that's the theory. That's the prevailing fear that, that people have. You yeah. Know? Um, and, uh, you know, we're starting to see the effects now, but I mean, there's a, there's a lot of brilliant kids out there. I mean, look at what happened with Parkland, you know, I mean, there's some really, uh, I mean, those, some of those kids are way more, uh, realized human beings than I was at that age and are more articulate and stronger than I ever was. Mm-hmm. You know? I think there needs mm-hmm. to be a healthy balance i feel like yeah. I mean, obviously yeah, all the social media is just fucking terrible for a little kid but at the same time i feel that a tech savvy kid is going yeah. to have a much bigger advantage over yeah. some sheltered child who's never gotten a hand on an ipad because his parents didn't want him to yeah i mean think about it in yeah, the... I, yes go ahead david um yes unless we uh uh unless things get so bad that uh we you know, there is a, a, a global pandemic or a World War Three or something, and then we're right back to primitive times. Then the kid who has never been tech savvy is going to have every advantage. Right. The kid who doesn't <laughs> right. know how to read an app. <laughs> Let's hope that happens. Doesn't know how to memorize numbers. Can't memorize a phone number. Mm-hmm. Can't read a map. Doesn't know. I mean, so yeah. that other kid will have all kinds of advantages. At the end of the day, we said very similar stuff about TV and all that shit when it was coming out. It's just, you know, good parenting versus bad parenting. That's really all you have to do with it. Big thank you to you, uh, Mr. Cross. Really appreciate you coming on. Uh, If you definitely want to go ahead and plug whatever you want, your upcoming tour, anything, now would be a great time. Uh, Yeah, I'm on tour. Uh, I don't know when this thing airs, but I did New England already. I'm about to, tomorrow I head out to... Pacific Northwest and Canada, then the Midwest and the back on the East Coast, the South, and then Midwest again, and then West Coast. Uh, some more Canada dates in there, but you can go to officialdavidcross.com uh, or my Twitter, 
which is David Cross S is or my Instagram. It's all all the information on there. If you go to officialdavidcross.com, that'll have all the dates and where you can get tickets and everything. Um, Beautiful. Uh, Great. All right, yeah, right. There you go. That's it. Mm-hmm. All right, all right guys. This will be in the description. All right. All right. Pleasure, Pleasure meeting, meeting you, Mr. Cross. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. All right, man. Thanks. Take care. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for listening to this week's episode, this uh, star-studded episode. Really? I was going to say, but we're not stars. So there's only one star here. I'm not going to pretend like we're we even (laughs) slightly measure up to David Cross. David, if you're somehow listening to this episode, thank you again for coming on. Doubtful, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you, David, for coming uh, on. Please, everyone listening nice. out there, consider listening to this on an audio platform, Spotify, iTunes, anywhere you can get podcasts. It really helps us out, and we'd appreciate it. And patreon.com slash the official podcast. All the links will be below so that you can check them out on your own volition. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.